Hello and welcome to the Curiosity Podcast, a show to help you thrive in your e-commerce and digital business. And now your host, Matt Edmondson. Well, hello and welcome to the Curiosity e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. It is great to see you. It is great that you're here, all my fellow e-commerce entrepreneurs. I hope you're having a good day wherever you are. And for you, like me, I hope the sun is shining because it is actually started to be a sunny day here on the rainy day. Uh, but it's great to be with you. I hope you're enjoying sunshine as well. How are you finding e-commerce. How are you finding running your online businesses at the moment? Uh, these are interesting times, that is for sure. And as at the time of recording, uh, which is definitely not the time of publication, but at the time of recording, we are still in the midst of lockdown here in the UK. Uh, and business for me and uh, for our e-commerce, our fellow e-commerce entrepreneurs is growing uh, quite insanely. And today's guest is no exception. We're going to get into a conversation with Brian. And Brian uh, O'Donnell, who's the MD of um, Map Marketing, he and I are going to get into a conversation about dropshipping and personalization of products and all that kind of stuff. I had a really, really great pre-podcast call with Brian. Um, if you don't know, I do a pre-podcast call. Before we ever let a guest live on the show, we talk to them first for obvious reasons, just to make sure it's going to work. And I did that with Brian, which was great. Uh, really enjoyed it. He's a great guy. Really looking forward to this interview. Looking forward to getting his stuff that we've not really talked about a whole great deal on this show before. Um, and we're going to get into that today. But before we do, uh, as I always like to do, I'd just like to say a couple of things like subscribe to the show because, you know, why would you not want to? It's great free content. And we do this podcast uh, every week. It comes out on uh, all those wonderful places where you get your podcast from, from iTunes to Stitcher to all of those, uh, whatever works for you. And, and it, there's more, there's always more as there always is. We broadcast the interview live over Facebook at the time that we record the interview. So if you want to come to the Facebook page and subscribe um, and get the notifications for when we do lives, you can come and watch the show. You can come and see how we get on with guests. You can come and ask your questions directly. It is awesome stuff that we've been trialing here in season two, and it's great, great fun. So uh, do check us out on Facebook Live. If you want today's show notes, if you want to know more, then head on over to my website, mattedmondson.com. Everything will be on there. Okay. So when we publish the show, the blog, the show notes, the links, everything is going to be on there. The links to Facebook and all the live stuff are also on there. The videos are on there. So check it out at mattedmondson.com. Uh, let me also thank today's sponsor, the Curious Digital e commerce platform. It is the very e commerce platform that I use myself. And they've got some great new features coming out. And one of the things that is just about to get launched, uh, and it will probably be launched by the time you hear this, uh, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, um, they're going to do a pay what you can model on their base subscription. So online digital business seems to be, in a lot of respects, thriving in the midst of mayhem and chaos. And so I know a lot of people are trying to jump online to build their e-commerce business. And Curious have decided that the, their, um, their core system, the base e-commerce system, 
will be run on a pay what you can model. So you don't have to pay the fixed subscription fee. If you can only afford five bucks a month, then just pay five bucks a month. If you can't afford anything, don't pay anything. Just tell us you can't uh, just tell them you can't afford anything at this stage in time. Build your business. And as your sales grow, then have a think about it. Can't, can't say any fairer than that, right? There's also Lightbulb Agency. And Lightbulb Agency is our second sponsor. And they are an end-to-end e-commerce services business. They basically do all the bits of e-commerce that you don't want to do or don't have the skill or experience to do, whether it's fulfillment, whether it's marketing, all of those sorts of things. Get in touch with Lightbulb Agency if you need help in any area of e-commerce and the chances are they will be able to help you. They're a UK-based company that distributes all over the world for a whole bunch of people. We've got international clients. It's an amazing little business. The guys are great. So do check them out, lightbulb.agency. Okay, thanks to the sponsors. It's always good to do that, get that out of the way. But without further ado, let me talk to you about uh, Brian. Now, Brian is the MD of Map Marketing. And you're going to hear a little bit about his story. And I'm not going to introduce the company too much because he's going to tell you a little bit about that. And some of the stuff that they do, which I think is just simple but genius. I like simple but genius. Uh, And they do some really great stuff. So uh, I think I've bigged him up enough. Let me get him onto the show. Uh, Here we go. Brian, it's great to have you. Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being here. How, How Whereabouts in the UK are you? I moved down to Devon in 2004 and just to change of lifestyle and uh, started working for Sutton Seeds, which was gardening. Um, and I, I moved on to map marketing and that's been a blast since day one, which is about five years ago. Wow. Wow. OK, you sort of. You've you've sort of found your way to where you are now and you played around with websites in the early years, which I, I find fascinating how you. You had a website that was that you'd turn off at night initially for, <laughs> for the gardening company. Yeah, um, it's more advanced than that. It turned itself off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone didn't actually shut it down. It was <laughs> control Alt Delete or whatever it was yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was amazing. So, um, so you've you've how did you end up where you're at then with the with the map company? So this came about literally through recommendation. Um, I had been made redundant by my last company. I was looking for a job. And one of the guys, now a friend called Rob Smedle, who was a, a customer of ours, in effect, he managed our outsourced warehouse. And he thought I was quite good. And he recommended me to Matt Marketing, which he had previously been a shareholder of about 10 or 15 years ago. Wow. And um, so it was it was one of those serendipity things where I was looking for a job and they were looking for a marketing director. Okay. Oh, wow. So and how long have you been with the map uh, marketing? Now? Uh, five, five years. I suppose the other thing that was a little unusual is at my previous art and crafts business, we had a jigsaw puzzle website um, and map marketing do jigsaw puzzles. So yeah. it's not many people in the UK actually understand much about the world of jigsaw puzzles and I, I happened to be one of them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> It's funny how these things all come around, isn't it? Like that, just yeah. odd circumstances. Yeah. Uh, map marketing makes maps, uh, yeah. which is, uh, which actually, at first, and I mean this with all due respect, at first glance, it can just sound like, oh, it's maps. It's a little bit boring, isn't it? But actually, it's not for you guys. You guys are, are, are killing it. You guys are doing super well. Yeah, well, it, it 
It started as maps. I mean, in the beginning, way before my time, they would literally, um, if somebody wanted a map of their house, they would literally get paper maps and cut them together to make a, a, a map of your house. Because if they were on different um, ordnance survey pages and stuff like that. So somewhere in the 90s, someone digitized a lot of this where you could, um, <laughs> pre-Google Maps, you know, a lot of yeah, what yeah, they yeah. did back in the day was pre-Google Maps and they could create a personalized map of your house. Um, so the the history of the business is that it was founded by a guy called Joe Hall in the in the late 80s, um, early uh, late. 70s early 80s and um he it was doing um was creating maps for um a press inserts and uh for reader offers for um american express and companies like that okay and he came up with the idea of a strap line which was see the world for 12 pounds 50 and the product was a, a map of the world um but it was the strap line that basically sold it um so they sort of stumbled into maps, then started to laminate them. And somewhere along the line, Joe then said, well, if you can do a map of your house, couldn't you make a jigsaw puzzle of your house, <laughs> of a map of your house? And uh, I, can see, I can see the steps in his brain <laughs> working. <laughs> Bless him, he's no longer with us. But that product we are still doing and is still our best-selling product. And we have sold a million units um, over the years of that. So you, you basically, the way you, your website works, which is mapmarketing.com, for those of you who want to go visit it, you go on there, you put in your details, like your postcode or your address. It creates a map around your house and where you live. And you now take that map and also turn that into a jigsaw. Yes. Is that right? Is, I've that, got that correct. That's, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So we have data from Ordnance Survey. Mm -hmm from uh, Collins Bartholomew in the UK. We have USGS, United, Survey, United, United States Geological Society um, maps for the USA. We've got aerial mapping and satellite mapping of almost the entire world. Um, so we can, yeah, we take that. In some ways, Google Maps have made it look easier <laughs> than it is because everybody's now used to going on a computer and seeing a map of their house sure um, but um the resolution on a google map is is rubbish you couldn't print that on a map and right. put it on your wall never mind put it on a on a jigsaw and and then piece it back together so we have the high level of high res data behind that okay and so fast forward to the modern day era where you've yeah. got these high res maps and they turn them into jigsaws um, you obviously have a website where people now go and order this from you directly, mm -hmm. go and put their details in and order the product from you. Um, how's your, I mean, this is an e-commerce show, so let's talk a little bit about e-commerce. How's, how's that going for you? Great. Again, growing, growing nicely and healthily. We, um, we use the shop, the Shopify platform. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you find that? Yeah, good. Yeah. Find it good. Find it reliable. Um, Having lived in the Magento days and things like that, I, I never really want to go there. We're a small company. Mm. Um, I don't want a team of web technicians um, and web developers, and I don't want to have to worry uh, about those this things. This is interesting. This is a little yeah. rabbit trail. Um, so you've had you've ran websites with both Magento platform and currently with a Shopify platform, and you much prefer the Shopify platform. Yeah. For, for, for me and our stage of business and our size of business, I don't know whether Magento is better now than it was um, five years ago, but um, Shopify. Yeah, they did a big release um, a year or so ago. 
Uh, okay. It was supposed to make everything better. But I, I have to be honest with you, you're not the first person that I've spoken to that has gone Magento. Yeah, we won on it. I'm never doing that again. Right. <laughs> I find it I, I, I find it fascinating, actually, how many people are having that conversation. Um, ne I've never, I personally have never put a website on Magento for a whole bunch of reasons, which I won't bore you with right now, but I've never done that uh, for my own. You've got your own <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's one of the reasons. Um, but also, whenever I've done coaching or consulting, and I do that um, with a lot, of, with a bunch of people all over the world, all over the world, it's the same complaints about Magento. The, right. Just about every client you go and see, there's, I'd say probably about 40% of them are happy with it. 60% of them want to get off it. And it's, it's bizarre. Um, okay. I, I just I throw that in there. Um, yeah. So you, in the, when we had our pre-podcast call, one of the things that we got into then, and you, you sort of mentioned, I think it was kind of off the cuff, but I wrote it down in my notes because I thought this would be a really interesting topic to get into, is this whole idea of um, the maps and the personalization. And you made a comment uh, where you said that you didn't want to get into a business selling other people's branded products or, you know, the products yes. from other brands. Yeah. Could you explain that a little bit more and how that ties in with the map idea? Yeah, well, sure. Well, what, why the map product works is that it's unique. So literally every jigsaw that we send out is different to, to the next one. Um, and therefore it's got an added value and therefore it's a unique product. And when you get it, you feel it's brilliant and, and it's yours. Um, I have worked and we continue to sell other people's products. So if you want to buy a, a jumbo uh, branded jigsaw or a Gibson's branded jigsaw, we buy those in and we put them on our shelves and we sell them and we like selling them because customers like to buy them. Mm. But that's not where my heart is. We're, we're a manufacturer. We make jigsaws and we, we want to sell things we make. That's what sort of my passion is. Sure. Um, it's easy in some ways to buy and sell things get some calls right get some calls wrong get some pricing right get some some pricing wrong um but there's nothing unique in it, mm -hmm. it so if you're i know you've just launched your own branded product mm. I, I presume some of that is because otherwise you're 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 selling similar products to other people and you're just trying to differentiate yourself on service yeah uh, so in fact um you can be the world's first person to see this uh, there's a, a brand of products which we're going to be launching soon called Sudaria, which um, one of our e-commerce websites is beauty products, as you can tell. Uh, it's the same old joke, Brian, every time. As you Sorry. Uh, no, no, I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> and we're going to do our own skin serum. And this is, in fact, if I can show you here, the um, it's not focusing because I need to stick out of the way. There we go. Bring it back a bit. There we go. Secret advanced Sudaria. Okay. Ooh. So this is um, a prototype of the bottle that the product's coming in. That's what I'm showing. This is the new bottle for it. Um, and it's our own branded skincare product that's going to be coming out, which I'll be telling people about more as we go through, I'm sure. But yes, like you, um, we sell other products from other brands. Um, and I, I've come to realize in the beauty industry that a few of those brands, not all of them, I have to be honest with you, the smaller brands are brilliant to work with. Mm -hmm. But some of the bigger brands, and again, not all of them, but some of them who shall remain nameless are complete and utter nightmares. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, one company in particular, I think, is Costas. I worked it out the other day um, for a course that we were doing. I, I think it was probably in the excess of 30 million we've lost in sales as one of the oh. 
as a result, one of the bigger brands. Um, oh. Just being unusual. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I have to be right. careful what I say. Yeah. Um, and so this is what piqued my interest, right? Because one of my websites, we sell other brands of beauty products. And here you are saying, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Well, my heart's not in it. Don't forget, we've got a, a production facility we've got a factory we've got machines we make things so really as a business the most sensible thing for us is to sell things we make mm. um whether it's to wholesalers or to retailers i want to sell things we make sure. um, in effect you could start a jigsaw website and buy them from everybody and it's no different to what i'm doing yeah and therefore i think where's that going to be in five years time how am i going to grow that business Whereas when I'm making jigsaws, I'm selling myself. I've got designers who are designing them. I've got um, artists who are creating stuff and I'm creating unique products. And therefore I set the price. Yeah. Whereas um, when I buy in from other people, they're setting the price. Yeah. And some idiot will sell them on Amazon for a penny cheaper. Yeah. And that's, and that's the fundamental problem you have, isn't it? When you sell the same brand as everybody else, how do you differentiate? And the, the the way that most people differentiate because they don't have the creativity to differentiate in any other way is to discount the price yes absolutely yeah do you see what i mean and so yeah. um we had the you know and i've been guilty of this in the past so they're a penny more expensive than us let's discount ours by 2p so we're a penny cheaper yeah. and all of a sudden you're you're racing to the bottom yeah and and no one really wins whereas your idea about um about personalizing i think is quite fascinating because you have the you had um like you sell what was some of the brands you mentioned gibson jigsaw Gibson and jumbo and um ravensburger so we we, we buy in because we one of the businesses we own is called all jigsaw puzzles we bought it about five years ago and it, it only sold third-party products mm. and it's a great it's i call it the uk's number one jigsaw website in honesty it's probably number two mm. but but um <laughs> it's it's a great site and so it works really well but to differentiate it from our competitors, they well, we have a jigsaw machine. Why aren't we making standard jigsaws? We already did personalized. So now we then created our own range of standard stock jigsaws, unpersonalized. They are lower margin than the personalized stuff because they're standard and they're stock. Yeah. Um, but we're now a jigsaw publisher. We now compete on a lower level, but with Ravensburger and Gibsons and Jumbo. Wow. Um, and we now sell those wholesale mm-hmm. to, to gift stores and to um, to websites. Yeah. So it's, it, it's turned that business into something that it wasn't before. Um, and about half our sales now are stuff we make and half our stuff is stuff we buy in. So, so okay, that's interesting. So half is stuff that you buy in, half the stuff is, is, is you turn over stuff that you make. Yeah. And that actually protects you quite well from, you know, the wholesaler Gibson selling direct to Amazon and, and just undercutting yes. everybody in price and going, you know what, I'm now wanting all this traffic. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It gives your business that kind of protection, doesn't it? Um, yes. Which I find quite fascinating. And, and you've been doing that, did you say five years? You've been. Five years I've been there. We've probably, I remember commissioning my first jigsaw. I never thought I'd get to that stage in life, but commissioning a jigsaw was really exciting. And it's a really interesting thing to put on your CV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not many takers, but um, <laughs> not a transferable skill. But um, it's um, yeah, we I've lost count. The senior managers of the team, but we've we've got hundreds of our own titles now, and they and they, they do really well. Um, but it added to our so we we have a lot of personalised stuff, which is high ticket, high value, and I suppose this is is probably high volume, low margin, 
Yeah. yeah, that's and I think that's a good balance for a business. You need you need both. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really, really interesting. So if you because um, there's people who are going to be listening to the show, they're going to be going, oh, that's great. You're a manufacturer, right? Yeah. I'm just starting out selling, you know, somebody else's uh, yeah. product, right? I'm just that's what I'm doing. We all start somewhere. Yeah. What what advice would you give them or what tips could they maybe think about going forward about how to how to take advantage of your thinking and well the, the, the simplest way is to take in a product that somebody else does and add value to it okay. um so, so a lot of people will add um uh, you can add your name to a box or something so sure. you, you can definitely do that uh, and then uh, i can't think of a great example well, but this is what the, etsy's basically done isn't it i mean they, the, the guys on etsy have based they take a standard product like a leather journal and they'll emboss your name in it and sell it to you for twice the price right exactly that exactly that so that and that's not a bad business and and if if you're starting off and you don't have overheads and you're just trying to pay yourself a wage um you can you can actually make a good business out of that and i suspect a lot of the people on etsy are making very nice pocket money uh indeed if you're trying to go and you know take a bigger step and have a warehouse and a factory and machines you, you just got to learn how these things work you sure how, how much does an embosser cost um how much does a laser engraver costs how much do these things cost and do you think you can make enough money back from it yeah but i think the key thing the, the other thing then is actually creating a product like you've done so mm. you have to go to either go to china go to india uh go to the philippines go abroad and get some i'll find a nice uk manufacturer um and there are some and there's still quite some good yeah. uh, to be fair every, or this product here the sedona star product is all uk manufactured okay See. everything's and, manufactured the bottles everything in the uk See, great, and and there there are some really good people saying there's no manufacturing in the UK anymore, and I'm no, sure there's nothing there wasn't. You just got to find them. You just got to find them, and, mm-hmm. and people don't know about us. I mean, anytime I meet people, they go, "I don't believe you. You are there." Where you? It's probably why I'm doing things like this to try and <laughs> get get the name out there a little. Mm. But I know there are other businesses like us that that um, make great products, great quality products in the UK, and that means less lead time. I mean, our competitors are at the moment. If you want to buy. 2000 jigsaws to, to launch your new brand uh, of of uh, makeup of of skin serum mm. um generally you would go to china mm-hmm. and it would be cheaper it will take six weeks to three months the quality might be not great mm-hmm. whereas you can get it made in the uk by us it will cost you more but you know it's get, it's going to get there and you can pop down and see it being made um yeah. and it's made in britain and it's made I'm in a britain. big fan of buy local yeah so yeah and it's no disrespect to the Chinese market. I'm just a big fan of buy local if you can yeah. do it, right? So yeah. um, support local business. Why would you not? And do you, uh, just out of curiosity then, when you manufacture, do you do minimum order quantities? Do you, um, so if I came to you and said I want a jigsaw, for example, for Sudari, do you have minimum orders or is it? No, we don't. Yeah. To just do one-offs. We, yeah, because we, because our business originally was personalized, it was one. Mm-hmm. Um we we actually are almost the opposite ends. We're best at small runs. If you want five thousand, you're actually probably as well off to go to China. Mm. Um, but we're we're best at small runs, short runs, hundreds and thousands. Proof um, of concepts and all that sort of stuff. Proof of concept, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. I find it fascinating actually because um, because you're right. It's it's. I think it's important if you are British to 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 go to Britain first. It's a it is a personal thing. Um, mm. A personal belief of mine, and I I love the fact that you guys are in Britain 
just down in Devon. <laughs> just <laughs> nearly fall off. Yeah. In the in the in the in the, the most favoured part of the country, um, and I think. I think it's really interesting the business model you've built because you 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 have had to find a way to create a a map around someone's house so almost every product is individualized. Yeah. Yeah. Which enables you to do personalization at a at a really interesting level, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I remember I remember a few years ago when Coke, do you remember when they started putting your names on the Coke bowls <laughs> and how yeah. nuts that went just for having you my brother went out and figured out a way to get everybody in his family, get their name. They're, they're all still on his shelf, like really? a trophy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was extraordinary. And all Coke did was put your name on a, on the bottle. Yeah. Um, and it's that, it's that idea that I understand that actually personalization makes something twice as valuable. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, again, imagine at the minute lockdown is, um, is great jigsaw puzzle time because you're at home. And <laughs> yes, nothing true. It is. Yeah. But if you, instead of buying a, a jigsaw of a country cottage, which is the big selling product or, or something like that, you can get a photo of your family, get a jigsaw made of it, and then photo, you know, you can then piece that together at home. Yeah. Um, that's about as personalized as you can get. No, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. And then actually you can get one of those sort of 3D frames, glue it into it, and it becomes an interesting piece of art, right? I assume. I don't know. I've never done it. Lots just... of people, yeah, we, we sell glue. Lots of people will frame them because, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because a framed jigsaw is not as good as the original print because it's been printed, cut into a thousand pieces and then stuck back together. But they, it's the accomplishment of having done it. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And you can actually do And you see them, you know, take one or two pieces out, scatter them about, and it just looks a bit more interesting than a family yeah. photo. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I get that. And so... So going back to your, your tips, and if I'm just sort of starting out, one of the things that you just said that I just want to sort of come back to is um, how can you add value to a product, uh, which I thought was a really interesting question. So it may be you write somebody's name on a box, you know, you may be not manufacturing, but what can you do to that product that no one else is doing that personalizes it? Yeah, I think is for me is one of those fundamental questions of e-commerce that I, I didn't want to just brush over. I think it's such an important thing to come back to. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I've got a better answer beyond adding, adding someone's No, I think, that, I think that is the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that genuinely is the answer. You know, when people, we do um, a product course, you know, how to find products that people want to, you know, buy. High de- yeah. We call them high demand, high converting products. So yeah. one of the big problems a lot of guys have when they're starting out in e-commerce is what do I sell online? So they'll just go and get any old rubbish, usually from AliExpress yeah. and shove it on a website. No one wants to buy it. No one cares. Yeah. And yeah. So finding a product that somebody wants to buy is quite important. And for me, one of the things that you do and one of the, the steps that you go through is you take a standard product, like a face serum, and you yeah. go, how can I make this better? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or how can I add value to this? Or if you sell, another example we use all the time is I'm, I'm a big fan of notepads and fountain pens, Brian. Yeah. Old fashioned, but true. And <laughs> so I use this pen all the time as an example. This is a Lamy Safari fountain pen. Mm-hmm. And um, very high demand, you know, reasonably good product. And um, but what can you do to that product that then adds value? Could you put it in a nice presentation box? Could you put somebody's name on that box? And so it becomes a little bit something that nobody else is yeah. doing. Yeah. Can you get it engraved? Can you personalize it? And um, I just think it's such a top tip. <laughs> yeah. Such a top could, tip. Could you even 
take a step back and buy the components the, of, of a, a fountain pen and put your own casing outside and then make your own brand. So not necessarily make it from scratch, but um, take some components and make or make it to a slightly different product or yeah. Or wider, or whatever. Add your own touch to it, and then you're creating something that nobody else can sell. And that comes back to this value point where no one can then undercut you on the price of that. Exactly. Yeah, you're controlling the market, and that's what yeah. you want. And you're not being crazy with the prices, but you're not worrying about somebody doing something cheaper than you. That, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can always buy if you want a cheap fountain pen. There will be cheap fountain pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you're just not in that market. You, somebody else is that. For me, somebody else is doing that market. That's not where I would be. You never actually. I. I'm careful how I say this because, in fact, it's how our business got started. But more times, more times than not, you don't win by going in a market and trying to be the cheapest. Um, yeah, we more did times it. Than- that's not to say yeah, there aren't exceptions, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we are one. And I, and I say this lightly because when Jersey Beauty Company started in 2006, um, we actually started it in Jersey. And there was a VAT advantage at this point, a VAT advantage to doing so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which meant we could be 20% cheaper, but still make the same profit margin. And you were like, oh my goodness, this was, you know, this was a real big advantage. It wasn't true on any product. It was only on some products, but enabled us to quickly capture a market segment. Um, you can't do that now. That opportunity does not exist in any way, shape or form. Um, so I see people coming in and trying to do the Amazon thing and just buying customers and building their database. Um, but people that buy from you because you're cheap won't buy from you all of a sudden when you put your prices up. They buy because it's cheap and they're after the yeah. bargain. So you're building the wrong kind of database anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Good point. Good point. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. So, um Okay, so I, I, we've got this whole idea of personalization and why I think you, you, you add value, you make it unique, you make it your own. Um, and, if you, and you can do that on a small scale and you can do that on a large scale, um, but yeah. you, you really should, should try and find some way of doing it um, so you're not entering them price wars. Um, mm-hmm. Because yep. I imagine I can go get a jigsaw for three or four quid off Amazon. Absolutely, um, yeah, you can. Yeah. And you're, you're selling personalized jigsaws. Can I ask for what sort of price do they start from? A, a personalized photo jigsaw is twenty nine ninety nine. So it's $30. Quid. So it's, it's, it's five, six times more than what you'd buy a standard five, G- yeah, yeah. Chinese yeah. jigsaw for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like you say, you've got the demand and people are wanting to pay that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's highly reviewed product. Mm. Very, you know, five star reviews. It, it, it's a great product. And, mm. and um, it's, yeah, you do, we don't get complaints about it. It's, it's no, that's yeah. great. And just as an aside, let me do a quick promo for you while we're here. Not that you asked me to do this, but if you do want a personalized jigsaw um, of your house (laughs) or your family, head to mapmarketing.com because they actually are the guys that manufacture them. Probably everybody else's website you go to get them done, they come to you to get them done. I imagine they're just upselling your products, are they? I think there's probably only two companies in the UK that make photo jigsaws. Um, And and you're one of them. and, And the other is tiny. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get them on next week and have a conversation. Get them on. Uh, yeah. but, um, so, so, well, that's interesting because the, the, another part of the conversation I wanted to touch on with you, Brian, because again, this was yeah. something that came up in our pre call was this whole idea of drop shipping. So, yeah. you have, um, you have a product which is the jigsaws and people buy yeah. that from, they sell it on their websites and buy it from you and you send it out. That's, you know, one yeah. of the things that happens. Um, and if I, 
if if I wanted to, if I was thinking to myself, you know what, I like this idea of the personalized unique product. I just don't have the ability, capacity, resource, time to do my own manufacturing facility. But what I think I could do is I could market your jigsaws very well to a specific segment. I could come yeah. and actually set an account up with you and sell the product on your behalf, which in effect is drop shipping, right? If you then send it yeah. out for me and I don't have to worry about stock, I just literally market the site and you ship it out. Exactly. So we sort of got into drop shipping by um, necessity, really. So we have it's to. Mother because of invention, each, apparently. Yeah, I know. Because each one's unique. Um, we, we have to make it. Mm. So. If if so, when, what, again before my time, but when when the guys went to um, the big American companies back in the early two thousands and said we can do a map jigsaw and we can put your brand on the box, um, a they were very dubious and and b they said where's it made and we said in the UK. Um, once they got their head over the fact that we were making j- American jigsaws one by one in Devon and shipping them back to Texas and uh, all the states in America. Um, Every single supplier we we started with and uh, is still with us because mm. nobody else can do can do that. Um, so I suppose the, the the fact that we drop ship is is just a fact is nece- it's necessitated by the fact that it's personalised mm. and the fact that we're in the UK is just a geography. So yeah. we, we we then had to find ways around getting the goods to from the UK to America quickly. We we had to find a way to deal with peaks at Christmas uh, and and holiday. Um, but yeah, every, every branded jigsaw you see in America, we don't really trade in America as map marketing. We're just, uh, the manufacturer behind the, the trading company. So if you go on the national geographic website and try to buy national geographic map, jigs- map jigsaw, it's made by us in Devon and shipped out in a national geographic box, um, um back to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is fascinating. Isn't yeah. it? So for those of the, the, the listeners that don't understand maybe fully the difference between wholesale and dropship. Um, can you just explain that? So dropship is, is it, the simple, the simple way to say it is you take the order on your website, take the payment, mm-hmm. then send us the details instead of sending it to your own warehouse to pick and pack, send it to us to pick and pack. In our case, we have to make it, pick it and pack it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't have to touch it. So normally if you're trying to sell our stock jigsaws, you'd buy, 20 of them, you put them on a rack in a warehouse, um, waiting there, you pay us, and then wait to sell it to the customer. Mm-hmm. In this case, you take the money up front from the customer, we ship it, and then you pay us. So you're, 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 we're sort of subsidizing your cash flow because um, you've taken the money first and we, we'll, we'll pay you after shipment, um, and you never touch it. Um, so you can feature items on your website that you – you don't have to write a check for. Mm. And that, I mean, that's one thing that massively appeals, isn't it? Because if you're wanting to start an e-commerce business, um, you want to start something online. One of the first questions you're plagued with or should be plagued with is what product do I sell? Yeah. And once you figure that out, you then go, well, well, how many of those do I have to buy? Yeah. Where, yeah. where, where do I store them? And how, how how in the heck am I going to get those to my customer once they've purchased them, right? Yeah. And so you have a warehouse, I have a warehouse, and that's just the nature of our businesses and the way they've been built. But if you're starting out, well, that's a that's a big investment to go rent the warehouse and buy enough stock to fill it. So, and this is where dropshipping, I think, has has appealed to a lot of people over yeah. the years because 
like you say, I don't need to do, I just need to be good at marketing. Exactly. So if I can, if I can reach a segment of the market that you're not connecting with, well, then I've got a business, haven't I? Exactly. The downside is you're outsourcing your fulfillment reputation to me. Mm-hmm. So you have to trust me. So, um, which is, which is a bit of a risk for you, if that makes yeah. sense. You, you have a website that's your customer, they've paid you. And then you say, Brian, where are my goods? Um, so there are, there are drop shippers out there who, who will let you down and they have, there, there are people who will try their best and promise the earth and not quite deliver. So that's the risk with drop shipping. I mean, I've worked with someone prior to map marketing I've worked with a couple of really good ones where it makes sense for a company generally is to drop ship high ticket items. So when I was in gardening, we didn't want to have a greenhouse in our warehouse that would sell uh, one a year. But I wanted to sell greenhouses on my website yeah. and say we sell greenhouses. So we would outsource that. And send the, when the order came through, we tell the customers 14 days for delivery. And then we'd um, contact the greenhouse manufacturer. Similarly, when it was our arts and crafts, sewing machines, high ticket, I would have a thousands of pounds tied up in, in, in inventory on the shelf. Instead, took the order and the sewing machine was drop shipped. So okay. it's, it's like not a core of a business. I don't think you, I don't think it would be a good idea to have your entire business drop ship, but it can be a nice add on um, to your to, to your product range. It can be. I think it's a good way to start. Um, for a lot of people, um, but I don't think it's a good place to end up um, because, like you say, you one of the key things that you're judged on by your customers is how quickly you get that parcel to me once I've purchased it yeah. and what state it arrives in, right? So when you get your reviews from your customers on your website, on Trustpilot or on Google reviews or wherever they write their reviews, a big chunk of that review, like you said, from my point of view, will be dependent on you and what you do with that delivery if i'm using you for drop shipping so i just have to bear that in mind yeah yeah um, okay and also so, sorry there's also a bit of, which can add value as well at cost is if somebody buys a stock item and a drop ship item you're probably only charging the customer once for shipping but you have to pay twice so you have to factor that in that's one of the downsides to not having the inventory i, I think it's just part of the model you have to accept two shipping costs on, the, on that order yeah, I've seen that a lot actually, um, with a lot of companies, and they and you and the customers curious, is, and a lot of customer service inquiries, and like, well, hang on, you've only sent me half my order. Where's because they all arrive at different times, and it's yeah. yeah. So it, it does lead to a, a different set of problems. Yeah, right. Indeed. When you when you do a drop shipping, and certainly when you do a mixture of drop shipping and inventory or inventory, if you're from the states, um, and yeah. You're right. Uh, that's that's quite an interesting thing. So you've obviously, one of the things I, I put down in my notes here that I thought was quite unique about you, Brian, was actually you have done drop shipping yourself. In other words, you have gone to other companies and made arrangements where they send products out that you have sold. Yes. Um, your company is currently a drop shipping company, i.e. you fill, fulfill orders for other people. Yeah. So I guess you, more than most people, have seen what good drop shipping is and what bad drop shipping is would that be fair to say yeah yeah exactly i have we've had occasionally i've had some drop bad drop ship experiences in the past um uh, and where it can go wrong we're lucky in that we personalize everything so Mm. in effect we can't run out of stock so if you give me 
5,000 orders tomorrow, I, I can make 5,000 jigsaws. Mm-hmm. If previously I used the greenhouse example, I went to the greenhouse supplier and they said, oh, yeah, we've got none of those left. <laughs> um, and you go, oh, okay, I've just taken 800 quid from a customer. Yeah, how am I going to deal with that now? Thanks. For how am I, I've got to deal with that now. Thank you very much. Um, because they may be drop shipping from multiple suppliers, mm-hmm. uh, multiple customers, and they, unless they're giving you their inventory feed every day, you may well sell things that you don't have because the typical way you manage this on a on a system is you put 999 stock in of a dropship item <laughs> and uh, and let it run down so you assume there's unlimited dropship stock mm-hmm. um the only advice i would give there is make sure your your supplier is giving you regular updates of stock and and out yeah. early when they're about to run out rather than two days after they have run out yeah, I've seen this actually recently with a client. Um, they were a pretty good dropshipper that they were using. Um, and what they did was they went and got an updated stock feed literally every 30 minutes. Okay. Modern technology and APIs and feeds and yeah, stuff. And yeah. they were just like, right, so I constantly know whether it's in stock or out of stock because I do. I do. And it and you've and this is where dropshipping can be you've got to have the technology which enables you to do that right so um, yeah it's yeah it's it's not as straightforward because you're you you've although you're i'm not managing the inventory you are um i've still got to get that data from you for my yes. own website yeah right? yeah absolutely um, yeah so yeah. okay so that's 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 quite an important point and you're right i have seen that a lot um if you were if you were thinking then of um setting like my son uh, i think i mentioned this to you last time my son's off to university right hopefully who knows with you know the coronavirus and what's happening but he's off to university managed to get out of doing his a-level exams this year lucky little git um (laughs) both my sons actually one of them got out of doing their a-levels one of them got out of doing their gcses but that's another story let me tell you um but josh is off to uni and um being the dad that I am, I'm like, well, how are we going to finance this so you don't walk out of university with, you know, a million quid's worth of debt? Yeah. Um, so he comes to you, Josh, and he goes, uh, Brian, have you got any tips on how to do drop shipping well? What kind of advice would you give in that scenario? Uh, well, I am taking notes, by the way. <laughs> um, um, well, a lot of it goes back to what you need to decide what you want to sell. So, um, so that probably goes back to your course on on choosing products and choosing them well. I suppose with a dropshipper, it, it's as much about the supplier. You need to find someone who is either experienced in dropshipping, who who you know won't let you down, so you're not dealing with the, the angry customer. Mm-hmm. So, choosing your your dropship partners is key. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that bigger is better. No, not it's sometimes the opposite. I would, yeah. I would have said. Um, it may even be if you're creative, you can find somebody who isn't doing it, but should be doing it. So you find, it. Why the hell? Why, why aren't you doing that? Well, if I'm honest, that's what he's done. Right. Okay. See, so it, 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 genes from the other side of the family. I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Um. Um. But yeah, you, you find someone and, and, and create that drop shipping for, for them. So they're, they're pleased you're bringing them extra business. You do the clever marketing and um, and you're both winners. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And so um, so research research your drop shipping company and make sure that they are good. Um, yeah. 
obviously know about the product, choose a product well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't just, because again, I see this, if there's one thing that annoys me um, more than anything else when it comes to e-commerce business, and I use the word annoy in a very loose sense of the term, because it's the thing that I see the most, right? Uh, right. People come to me and I, if, if, if someone, if they paid me a tenner every time they did this, I'd be a happy man because the standard thing is, Matt, listen, you need to look at my website because um, I've got traffic. I've just not got any sales. And before I go onto the website now, I know exactly what the problem is. Um, and you can predict what's happened. I've gone, let me tell you what you've done. And I've not seen it right. Number one, you went to Shopify and you got a website. And this is no disrespect to Shopify. This is just the process they take you down. You went to Shopify, you got a website because you heard that doing online was good. And you got a theme, which maybe you spent a hundred bucks on or 200 bucks. And you went through the um, Shopify course on Facebook uh, ads on how to do Facebook ads. And you spent four or 500 bucks sending maybe a hundred people to your website, thinking that a hundred people are going to buy something from you. Let's, let's think about the product. What I think you've done there is just gone to AliExpress, found a product, which you think is pretty cheap. You <laughs> think you're going to sell a lot of. Uh, and you're buying it for six bucks and you're selling it for 30 bucks on your website. Um, and you've probably put a little tab on there saying, you know, hurry, stock selling out and have that little thing flashing up. Fred in Swaziland has just bought one and, you know, all these lies basically is trying to convince me to buy. They pop up on your website. You've, you've got roulette wheels and all sorts of stuff going on. And you're wondering why no one's buying from your website. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it, Cause the product is the last thing on your mind. Never mind theirs. Yeah. And fundamentally, it comes down to, well, you've got a product on your website that no one gives a flying flip about. Mm-hmm. And you've just gone to AliExpress and gone, that's cheap. I think I could make good profit margins on that. Uh, that's going to work for me. And that's their version of drop shipping. And, th- and then they'll have AliExpress ship it and it takes five weeks. And they think a customer's going to be happy to stick around okay. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not clever. It's bizarre, isn't it? And it mm. and actually, it's, it worked for three or four people about four years ago, but it doesn't. It doesn't work for anybody these days. Yeah. And so um, I, I, find it, I, I find it fascinating. So how do you – so basically what you would do then, um, Brian, I'm guessing is or the way you've done it in the past, so take your sewing machines or your greenhouses. You went, I need this greenhouse and I need this sewing machine, and you called the manufacturer and said, Yes. Yeah. Uh, this for me, bud. Yeah, exactly. So in the case of the sewing machine company, they'd never actually done it. Mm. Um, I, I imagine I'm years out of it now, but I imagine now they're probably selling off their website because that's what they should have been doing at the time. But, but I was happy to 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 be the middleman. So, for example, the, the, just thinking of one of our best-selling products at the minute, the, there's a, a conceptual artist called Cold War Steve. Mm. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, he's a really cool artist, brilliant. So he creates jigsaw puzzles of his art. Um, and we drop ship those. So on his website, you can basically buy his images. Uh, that's really clever. And so then that's their uniqueness. That's the uniqueness. He's his got artwork. unique content. In that case, I'm just a manufacturer, mm-hmm. but very happy to be. He's, he's selling his unique art mm-hmm. and we'll make a jigsaw. You can do that. There are lots of companies who will do that for prints and frames mm. um, if, you, if you have art. But, um, you know, how many people are going to come out with art degrees from college and wondering what do I do with my art you know you can create your audience on twitter or instagram or mm-hmm. whatever the whatever the other names are and um 
don't use social media, do you? <laughs> and then find somebody to make the products for you. you, yeah. you if you're clever like that and, and you have a design um, gene and, and you can create great design, you do that bit and get somebody else to make the products. You don't want to have to make a jigsaw. No, it's very true. And actually, it's not just jigsaws, is it? It's like, well, I could have this put on a T-shirt. I could have it put on a flag and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. it's, it's finding someone that can create those products for you along the way where you don't yeah. have to do them all. And, and there are some very good companies who will do that, the mug companies. And, you know, you make a quid or two in every mug, and uh, but you, you're selling and you're creating your brand and selling that out. So that, that's not a bad way to do it either. No, it's very good because, like you say, again, it's that, well, no one else is selling this jigsaw. Yeah. Like you're, no one else is doing the maps. No one else is doing his artwork because he controls yeah. his artwork, right? So yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. So um, think about the people that uh, buy from you as drop shippers, right? So yeah. you you've obviously have a, a bunch of people that use you for drop shipping. What are some of the common traits you see amongst them that makes them more successful? So if they, if you see somebody doing something, you kind of go, "It's just not going to work well for you," but because I've seen this before. There's um, the two <clears throat> the two categories I'd put our, our main drop dropship clients in are either former catalogers, so people who um, you know use, use always mail catalogs, and um, our product fits really well in a catalog. It's a great gift. So therefore, what do I get someone for Christmas? Or I get a jigsaw map of their house. Um, all of those companies are still doing well and still okay, but they're generally declining um, because catalogs just don't work in the way they did. Um, yeah, yeah. But the, the clever ones, but yeah, and the clever ones who have moved online and done it well and kept their brand and uniqueness um, yeah. are still doing just as well as they always have. Yeah. And the other type that works with us is is companies like. Um, uh, one of our big UK clients, the Happy Puzzle Company, who are in puzzles. They sell all sorts of puzzles, and they, they want a unique range of jigsaws. We make the jigsaws for them. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're in that market, it would it would make sense. Um, so that's our two either niche people who love puzzles or people who are looking for gifts. That's our mm -hmm. two niches. And so the ones, um, are there, I guess I guess I'm just going to dig a little bit. Are there okay. some things that they're doing online that you that you think actually you're because you're doing that? I think that's one of the key reasons why you're you're doing well. The, the ones that the ones that do well are not the ones who depend on paid search. Now it's people. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll come back to that. Let's just put a pin in that one. Okay, they're not doing paid search. What else? But not depending on paid search. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, let me get my language yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 I think everybody does paid search. Um, but people who uh, – I went to a client last year and they're going, oh, Google did a, a, an algorithm update, and um, our business has basically gone – collapsed by about 90% or something because everything was based on their paid ads. And it's like, you can't run a business on paid ads. You can top up a business on paid ads. You can – launch a business on paid ads but it's not a sustainable way to mm. to run a business um so um that what, what are the people doing well i think it's 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 adapting what what we do so we have a core product the, the clever people will say um can i do a different design can i do a different can i brand it differently can you do something because they all want their point point of uniqueness um 
So if, if we do a 400-piece jigsaw, they'll come and say, can I do a 500-piece jigsaw? Can I do a 1,000-piece jigsaw? Um, what else can I do to your core product? And, and can I do an overlay on the design? Yeah. How, how can I make myself stand out from this product, from other people selling that same yeah. product? So what, what, this is your core product. What can I get that's unique that maybe just I have? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. coming back to your uniqueness proposition earlier on, tying that in, actually you can – there's no reason why you couldn't go to the, if I was drop shipping your product, there's no reason why I can't come to you and say, I need to make something which is really unique to me. Yes, exactly. Based on what you do, what, yeah. what little things yeah. can we do? And you'll be like, can we put a second personalized item in with that person? I said, one supplier last year, we, we put a, uh, put the jigsaw in a wooden box and the, the cover of the box was, 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 um, personalized. So mm. the personalized box, personalized jigsaw, it's three times the price. Yeah much nicer product but that's what they wanted so they needed to stand out from their competitors sure very very good yeah. wow and that that well that that just opens the world to possibilities then and this again comes back to uh, working with a drop a good drop shipping companies actually can they can they do all of this for you um, yes. and can you work with them and can they help you how flexible are they yeah mm. we had um we had with Jersey, we had, um, there are certain products I'm not allowed to wholesale, um, restrictive terms and conditions and certain products we can. Um, and we had a couple of guys last year who approached us and said, listen, um, I want to sell some of the products on your website. Um, I can't, um, they didn't have the money to buy the initial quantity of stock, which that, that I mean, there was a real high minimum order, right? Minim, uh, an MOQ minimum order quantity from the manufacturer. And we sold a lot of it, so we didn't mind. Um, and they came to us and said, can we just drop ship? Um, and we had never done drop shipping before for another company. Right. Um, for, for anybody else. We just, we sent products out for ourselves. Um, we sold them, we shipped them in our own branded boxes. And it, it meant that we had to get some plain boxes because obviously he didn't want me to ship it out in Jersey boxes. You just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and we had to change the way that packing slips were printed. Um, yeah which we, you know, these, these are relatively minor problems to solve. But they have to be, but they have to be solved. Yeah. They have to, and they have to be thought through. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess I'm just using this as an example because he was like, I want to sell this product. I really like this particular product. I think I could do some great content around this product. And he, and they did that well and they got their own customers. And, um, and we noticed what he was doing. Um, when we were looking at the orders for that particular product, this is how we found out. We saw this one guy buying over and over from us again, same, same billing address, but shipping it to all kinds of different. So we called him and said, dude, what are you doing? He said, oh, I hope you don't mind. I'm drop shipping the products. And I'm like, don't mind at all. You should have called me because I'm shipping this out in Jersey branded stuff. They're going to get the invoice and go, what? I didn't order this from Jersey. I ordered it from you. And um, so we made those arrangements for him. And, you know, it's been great. Yeah, relationship. Yeah. You know, you kind of build those relationships up, and I guess my my story here is, you know, um, my go and talk to the suppliers of the products that you know and love, and think, can I get some kind of dropshipping agreement, and go and find someone that's going to help you. Yeah. Um, why not have a go? I mean, I used it again the example of the Lamy pen, the Safari fountain pen, without personalizing it here. Um, Lamy won't give me an account because I don't have a bricks and mortar store. Because I have tried, actually. I've, I've thought, yeah. well, they'll be a good product to sell. Um, and they've gone, no, Matt, knickers. 
Um, you don't have a shop. And so I was like, okay. So I could then, all I need to then do is just go around a bunch of suppliers and say, listen, I'll sell the product. You ship them from your store. I'll sell them on your behalf and we'll have some kind yeah. of agreement and arrangement. Yeah. And um, I think following on our last, it was following on from our pre-call actually. So not only have people contacted me to do drop shipping for my own businesses, but following on from our pre-call conversation, I said to my son, actually, there's one guy who we know who's local to us. He's a good friend of mine. I'm like, go and have a conversation with him. You put the site together, you sell the stuff and get him to drop ship it for you from his shop because he didn't have a presence online, but he had a great product. And he's like, this is a win-win. So everyone, everyone wins. Right. And yeah. so I think, I think that's, that's one of the, some of the, just some of the nuggets, Brian, I've got from you today. Um, okay. Go and talk to the suppliers, have conversations, drop ship where you need to, um, but do it well and, and do something that's personalized and unique to you. And that makes it sort of your way of doing things. Exactly. Um, yeah. One of our best clients, actually, one of our one of our better customers, um, who we who we do all kinds of stuff for. Um we have every six months we have a conversation in kind of which kind of goes along the lines of how can we make this better for you in terms of the product that we're shipping out. We ship it out in unique boxes, we ship it out in unique packaging. Um what else can we do for, how can we have, do you know what I mean, make this more you and better for you and so on and so forth. And yeah. I think they're really good conversations to have. Yeah. Good conversations to have. Listen, Brian, it's been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, how do, how do people get a hold of you if they want to reach out and connect to you? So um, our website's mapmarketing.com. As you mentioned, we also have all jigsawpuzzles.com and .co.uk, um, which is Jigsaw Puzzle Specialist. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, uh, either at Brian O'Donnell or Bod1966. I'm, I'm one or the other. Um, and yeah, every Englishman remembers 1966. Well, that's when I was born. I, I, was, I was born. I the think day, that's the reason why they remember it, don't they? I was born the day the World Cup was stolen. No. That's, that's true, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to have an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite handy because uh, the police were just about to come around from it. Hang on a minute. Um, uh, no, it's been great. And so if people can get help, want to get hold of you, you're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and obviously your uh, company website, mapmarketing.com. Are you, if people have been kind of intrigued by your products, are you after more dropshipping people and those kind oh, of relationships? So you. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, or, yeah, whether it's personalized map jigsaws, whether it's stock jigsaws, um, always after more customers. We we love making things in the UK and we want to do that and, and ship them around the world. Fantastic. Listen, Brian, uh, really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. It's been so, so good. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the next phase of your journey, but no, so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Right. Cheers, Ed. So there you go. That was my interview with Brian. Wasn't he a top chap? Uh, as they say, a top chap. It was really good. I really enjoyed that. Really got some good information about drop shipping and how to personalize products and all that sort of stuff. It was just fantastic. Um, and how to make your products unique and why that's important and why you don't do the race to the bottom. So I hope you got something out of it as well. Do obviously connect with Brian uh, via LinkedIn or via Twitter if you want to get hold of him or through his website. And if you are looking for some dropshipping opportunities and you think Jigsaws could be a way to do that, he'll be happy to talk to you. I have no doubt. So get in touch with him uh, and see how those guys are doing. 
uh, and have a look. And obviously subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on Facebook, you'll see the information has appeared by magic below. Um, do subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, it will be great to connect with you as we put out more and more podcast information. We interview more and more great guests. We now have a guest on every show and the guests are always amazing, just like Brian, always willing to share their wisdom uh, and insight into things. Uh, so do make sure you subscribe both on the audio podcast. And as I said, we broadcast live as well on Facebook and YouTube, and you can connect with us and throw your comments in and even rescuers when things don't technically go right, like Hannah did today. Bless you, Hannah, for letting us know about the sound feed. Um, you can you can just be a gentleman and a scholar and just do that as well. So why not uh, join us on on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live? Listen, it's been great to uh, do this episode of the podcast. It's been great to chat with you. Make sure you join us next time, as I think on Monday evening. Uh, I, I what, what's the date on Monday? It's the first Monday of May. So May Day Bank Holiday, I think. Um, I am doing a recording with Joanne Steele, um, who was the head of, uh, uh, she was the head of customer-generated content. User-generated content has now morphed into customer-generated content. Um, so uh, she was the head of that for Argos. And so she's going to be sharing all her tips and insights in how to get reviews and how to get people to give you all those amazing pieces of content you need to make your website totally sing. So do join us for that. Do join us on Facebook if you're around or listen out for the podcast. It'll be out very, very soon. I've no doubt. Uh, but wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God bless. I hope business is going well for you. If you've got any questions, reach out. All the show notes are on uh, my website, mattedmondson.com. I think that's it for now. Ta-ra for now. And I will see you uh, next time. Have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Curiosity Podcast. You can subscribe or you can also join us on Facebook Live. See you next time.